The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. And today I have, I would say, what is the inaugural episode of an as-yet-named program, a numbed name program. Uh, sitting in the studio with me is one Ms. Portia Adams. And uh, she's got like a unique story that I thought, like, you know, when she told me the story, it's like, this joint sounds like, like taking fantasy. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound like this should happen to anybody. But like, you know, this is her experience. And I asked her if she'd be willing to share it with the audience of Flash Black Radio. And she said, yeah. So like, here we are. So without any further ado, Ms. Portia Adams, first and foremost, what do you do, Portia? Like, like you know, you have a lot of hats that you've worn, especially recently. <laughs> you know, you know, we talk about how you, you're still a licensed EMT. Yeah. So you're a helper. <laughs> or or something. Um, I'm currently doing, you know, clinical technician, which is one of those titles that sound impressive while people don't always know what it is, but it's like, you know, hospitals have their nurses, a private clinic, which is not called a hospital, does not have doesn't always have a position called a nurse, I call it clintech. I do the exams and run all the technical um diagnostic machines at the same time. Okay. And then the doctors get paid. And you're a helper. And I'm a helper. Yeah. <laughs> And formerly a teacher, which will come up in this story. That's what I was doing at that point in my life. Sweet. So the location is? Laos, which is what we call Laos Mm -hmm. with that hard S on the end. But since the French were the ones who named it in the modern world on the modern map, they don't say the S. It's Laos. Okay. And where's Laos? Southeast Asia, near Vietnam, Thailand. Got it. All right. So take her away. (laughs) I, what was going on? Why were you, why were you there? <laughs> I had just moved to, so I, I did a fancy run coming out of university. I graduated Howard at, when I was still 21 in June, I turned 22 in August. I was in Japan by myself. Uh, I'm sorry, I turned 22 in July. I was in Japan by myself uh, in August. Boom, 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 boom. I had been there for one year mm-hmm. and I felt all accomplished and grown and worldly. So I wanted to take me a trip um, just shy of or just after, just after my 23rd birthday, I went on a tour of Southeast Asia, a short one, mm-hmm. Vietnam, Laos, and Thailand. Three mm-hmm. interesting countries, three specific things, the list of specific things I wanted to see in them. Um, and that's how I came to be in this in, in, in this place at this time with this interesting story. Um, it's funny, I tell this story, and I was at the end and somewhere in the middle, I'm like, I'm either the luckiest unlucky person or I'm the unluckiest lucky person. But it definitely everybody agrees that it's like if somebody tried to make a movie of it, they probably take some of the stuff out because it's like almost implausible that all that can happen to one person and they still be sitting here talking about it. Right. So, so like start us off. How how did how did this uh, fine thing happen? Well, this fine thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't even know what to call it. Like I, 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 I try not uh, to curse outside of Usual Suspects, but you know, ha, let's call it an epic 
It's an epic. an epic. It was the epic. The epic began um, at the end of our trip, actually. So we'd gone for Who's two hour. Because you said hour trip. I went with a, and I call her a traveling companion because I wouldn't exactly call her a friend. And it now in this exact moment, actually, with you, Lee, uh, oh, sorry, I was supposed to call you, um, occurs to me that I probably should be changing names to protect the innocent. <laughs> um, I, I don't have pseudonyms lined up in my head. Um, she was a young woman who was on the Japanese exchange teaching program called JET, um, in the, based in an area near mine. We had met up at some of the mandatory meetings when you're all in the same area that we had. We got along well enough, and we wanted to travel together. And when you were in an, an other community, like none of us came over with our friends or have family in the area. You're making friends with virtual strangers. So yeah, that was actually, surprisingly enough, a, a strong enough basis to be like, well, you want to travel together? A little bit better than going by yourself. Um, so we ag agreed to go. She's lovely Caucasian young lady from the other side of Michigan where okay. they have the sand dunes and everything and that Mm, played, in, played in some of the, no, not Dearborn, yeah. uh, played into some of the decisions she made. Um, but we started off together. We did a two-week tour of runaround doing, splitting up between Vietnam, uh, Laos, and Thailand. Well, mm -hmm. Vietnam, Thailand, and the last stop was Laos. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there is a World Heritage Site in Laos called Long Prabang. And I'm saying it with a terrible accent because I can't speak. But it's Long Prabang. You should look it up. Uh, it's Gorgeous. And in fact, most of the times, and I'm going to do it now, when I tell this story, I put the disclaimer on there like, don't let anything I say to you <laughs> talk you, you out of talking, going to see Lao if it's something you're into. It is still, hands down, one of the most gorgeous places I've put my two eyes on in person. It's amazing. The architecture is beautiful. The nature is gorgeous. The culture of the people is like clothes and whatever. It's still stunning. Just, just don't have an emergency. I've heard people tell stories where they got sick. Or injured or had a problem. I had a problem. And mm. then it turns into one of the worst ever. But go. Mm. Um, and especially go to this spot called Long Prabang. Um, and we wanted to, you know, to go up there and experience a couple of days up there. So we flew into the capital, which is Vientiane. Mm -hmm. um, spent the night in a hotel that was sort of in the capital. Yes, this comes up later is why I'm telling you. Um, and then the next morning... Uh, we had a tuk-tuk driver, which is the open-air cart taxis, mm -hmm. like taxi. uh, Yeah, take us to the bus stop. And we took a night bus, which is probably one of the most uncomfortable stretches of time in my life. I don't know if I've ever been so cold. Like, my body moved past chattering to, like, blue lips and blue nail beds. <laughs> and it was, there was frost on the inside of the window. We were on that bus for eight hours during mm -hmm. the nighttime to get to Long Prabang. This is how bad we wanted it. Mm -hmm. um, we get there. We're, you know, we're having a great time. The the activity is pretty low during the day, hot. I mean, I don't know if it's that true for year round, but we went in the summer and yeah. hot, hot, yeah. just yeah. every synonym that you could think of for hot, it's that. Um, so they're kind of chill during the day and they would be maybe in the, in off to the sides working on their crafts under the tents and everything. But at night they had their night market and that was the time of major commerce. So, you know, you could arguably, and sometimes in the situation it is, it's like, oh, well, maybe it's not as safe to be out at night, which is when the drama, the drama kicks itself off. Um, but night was when anything happened. So that was the given. You were going to be out night, night market. Uh, the whole city, the streets would just transform. These colorful tents would go up and these rugs would go out and all the wares that people had would go out. And it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> I was getting caught up in the memory. This is beautiful. Um, I don't remember what night, maybe night three that we were, it was the, it was it was a Thursday night. 
And that's funny that I remember that because we were supposed to fly out on a Sunday. So it was like towards the end of our of our of our our trip on a Thursday night, walking through the night markets with money on me because I'm buying souvenirs. Now, no one could ever decide or agree the best way to safe you know, safeguard yourself. We had people tell us, don't leave it in your room. People have copies of the key because it's their hotel and they're going to take it. Don't leave it in a safe. You know, they have, you know, back master passwords or things or whatever. And some mm-hmm. of it might've just been full of crap, but I was 23. Naivety is going to play into the story. Um, uh, so, and then some of them were like, don't put it in your pocket. Somebody's going to pickpocket you. Don't put it in your purse. Somebody will snatch your purse. So I, you had to basically just it, decide. Yeah. I decided to keep my bag on me which is probably not a bad idea, but it was the wrong kind of bag for security. It was still too easily breached, and it was. Um, But I kept my bag on me, and I kept my a smaller purse sort of thing with my passport and my important papers and my cards and my money tucked down under the stuff in the bag. So I wouldn't just lay it on top. I'd always like just sort of shove my head down under stuff and take it down there and zip it up. And I'm walking through the market, and I'm getting less uh, vigilant. Um, And at one point in time, and they probably cased me, that's what you generally tend to do. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, I was either slow to zip up or maybe I didn't zip up all the way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it was partly open. And I got barreled into by this kid who probably wasn't much bigger, I mean, older than me, but he was probably bigger in comparison to me than he realized because we we both smashed, the, we slammed into the ground. And he, to his credit, because he was probably like 14, he genuinely looked surprised and a little bit horrified. I think he really was like, I didn't realize that you were as small as you were, Miss Tourist Lady. Like, I almost put you out. Um, but the bag is open, things scatter. He jumps up and he's quote unquote helping me put things back in my bag oh my gosh I'm so sorry are you okay I didn't mean to do that I wasn't paying attention and I'm also putting my stuff back in my bag and I'm it's fine don't worry about it it's okay don't worry about it we're on the sidewalk it's fine don't worry about it he gets up he jumps up and he takes off you can see where this is going I didn't even notice it was gone right away because it was on top anyway but you know now a more savvy me would have immediately checked for my wall me a me a more savvy me would have looked at the ground and be like where is my yeah let me get that now let's put everything else back <laughs> it's like um i went to like the next stall or the next no the next time i felt like i want to buy that so it might have been as far as 20 minutes i reached for my wallet and it wasn't there because of course not because you guys know what's going on at the time i didn't i did not panic right away i went to a clear space and opened the bag and dumped it cuz i was like it just got dumped so it's Things are not going to be where I expect them to be, where I just put them back. It's fine. It was not fine, and it was not there. Panic button. Just, just, I went from zero to 60 immediately, and I was like, I even took, I even took like a couple running steps in the direction that he disappeared in. Like, the kid on my wallet, like I was going to chase him at this point. And he's gone <laughs> when everything is gone with him. But uh, shock is an interesting thing. So as the people under, under selling their wares have watched this go down, they're like, um, yeah, those are some bad kids. They come up over the mountain. You know, <laughs> I don't know what kind of beef that area might have with China, but some of them were like, they were the Chinese gangs. And I was like, um, okay. I don't know if Lao having problems with like other countries, but I don't know. So whatever. Uh, they were, they were communicative to me as much as they were able to, as much as their very limited <laughs> English and my none of Laotian or French. Um, and I went to a police department and we found a, a police person <laughs> i couldn't remember the word i blanked on the word you distracted me Sorry. um 
And, uh, you know, I told him what happened. And he goes, comes out with me. He's like, tell me where it went down. Tell me where it was. I bring him out there. And, you know, I had only gotten a very little bit of the information that they were trying to give to me because of the language barrier. This dude comes down here and apparently if the police go is can be international because they looked at him like, boop. And I was like, T tell him what you were trying to tell me. And the lady looked at me like, mm. <laughs> uh, you know, again, maybe naive, less naive me might have been like, there, there, there could be tension squealing on the local gang to the police if somebody's watching. But at the time, I was just completely flustered. I was like, no, she was trying to talk to me and I couldn't understand her. And he even said it. The police officer finally was like, they're not going to talk to me. If you knew that, then why did you come out here? Okay, fine, whatever. Waste my time. Um, he told me a lot of times the people who steal these things don't realize how important the passport is. And that becomes the most important thing in the bag. Like mm -hmm. the, my ARC, ARC, um, alien registration card, which is what they give foreigners in Japan. It's like ID card for foreigners mm -hmm. uh, who are residents. My ARC card is gone. Other things are gone. Credit cards are gone. Okay, fine. But I need that passport because I need to be able to get out of here. Right. Um, <clears throat> he was like, you know, all that stuff may or may not go, whatever. Um, they usually just take the money. All that stuff may or may not disappear. A lot of times it actually washes up in the bag afterwards, your passport, your cards, whatever. They'll just take the money. They don't even realize how valuable the rest of it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, cool, how long can that happen? He was like, well, they might have taken it and then thrown it off to the side of the road, in which case we can find it tomorrow when light comes up. Or, you know, I've had it washed down the mountain the next time it rained a week after it was taken. And I was like, well... I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So we, <laughs> we decided. We're not going to wait on that. Not that one. Okay. So the next day we were going to, okay, sun up. We're going we're gonna to hunt the mountain. I say we. I never gave that child a pseudonym. I don't know what to call her. None of them are pleasant sounding names. Okay. We're just going to go ahead and call her Becky. But mm -hmm. you know what? That's an insult to the Beckys. So there you go. We had been uh, slated for a, a, a trek through the, the wetland parts on riding on elephants. And she kind of was like, you know, you're having a crisis and that they're going to help you look for this. But I really want to go ride the elephants. So I'll see you later. And, um, you know, good luck. <laughs> and she bounced. And I was like, oh, okay. And as, at that, right at that point, I was like, I probably should stop calling you my friend. <laughs> it, was just like, it was really clear. And she continued acting such a passion. I was like, this was not her emergency. She was not attached to this crisis. She was still on vacation. Mm -hmm. So everything we were planning to do that day, dye and weave scars, uh, well, scars, but pieces of cloth. Mm -hmm. That's what, how she spent her day. The cop and I, we go and we look up, we go up and down the mountain. Again, it, and this was a really weird uh, mental conflict because there are gorgeous aspects to this mountain. And I was like walking up with tears in my eyes like, that's really pretty. That's really cool. <laughs> and then people were looking at me like, is she crazy? I think she's snapping. Um, and to help us, would you call them urchins? The street youngins, street youth people uh, who come out and they try to sell the bracelets and they try to mm -hmm. trace, sort of chase down people who look like they have the money or the tourists or whatever. Buy something for my tray, buy something for my tray. And I love jewelry. So every time I came out, I picked a different kid to buy something from. It was like two or three bucks, you know. It got to the point where they were actually stalking me and they would beat each other like, move, she bought something for you yesterday. Get out of the way. I was like, oh God, are, are y'all okay? Do, do, you not, do you not get to eat at the end of the day if you didn't sell something? I'm joking. I'm sure they fed their kids, but they were very dramatic about it. They're helping us look up and down the mountain. And they gave them a measure of money at the beginning. 
And it was like, this is half now. We're going to give you the same amount of money at the end. And if you find the thing we're looking for, we'll double it. Um, so the kids are, in, yeah, invested. Uh, except for one little girl who I was also hunting the mountain. And she, she had to be like seven. She held my hand the whole time. And it was a weird experience for me because she has no shoes. There are some stains on her clothes. I mean, she's fed. I mean, uh, she's well fed and, and completely dressed. But, you know, she looks like you're in a developing country. And I can see on her face that she does not understand why this is a big deal. And it was like, you are looking at me and I'm wearing, in forms of jewelry and clothes, I'm wearing more money than you see in a year. And I'm upset about a piece of paper. She holds my hand and she looks at me and she just taps my hand every kind now and then. And she just goes, okay, 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 okay. Like, oh, mm, you know. To be is, right. Yeah. She was like, you know. It wasn't a lack of empathy. It was, in fact, it was the utmost of empathy. She was like, I'm just going to give you my compassion without really understanding where you're, what's, what's going on. Okay. It's okay. Weird lady. Um, I gave her my watch before we left just because I wanted to give her something. She was like, sweet. I don't even know her name. <laughs> she has my watch. Um, didn't find it. Moving to the next step. Didn't find your passport. Didn't find anything. Didn't find a pa packet, nothing that was in it. There, no, no, nothing turned up. Did it show up seven days later? I don't know. Nobody ever called me about it. Fine. Um, that we also called the, because we're not in the capital, we called the American consulate in the capital. And we're going to call him Silver, even though he also has a name. Uh, and I was talking to him. It was funny because he was also in the JET program. It was like one of those camaraderie, like being finding out you're in the same sorority or fraternity or something kind of things. He's talking to me, getting the story, and he's like, well, you got to get to the Capitol. And he was like, okay. And he was like, and I can't really help you with that. And I'm like, what? And he was like, well, you're in a second world, to be generous, developing nation. Not that they don't have a due process of law, but it's, it's not super enforced. It's really easy to get around. And there are certain things that are still active over here. What? Stop what? Stop beating around the bush. And he was like, they I mean, they'll take women and sell them. What? Now of course I understand what you're saying. I'm just I'm what excuse me, what? And he's like, Yeah, this is you, I don't know. You you have you're with the cop now, and that's nice. But if I were you, I'd start narrowing down how many people you were letting in on your, your private process because you don't have any identifying papers anyway. You're already a ghost. That's 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 an easy one. Then if you go missing, if you are if you get taken to jail. Tonight, you'll be gone by the time I get to the office tomorrow. And I, I kind of was like, I don't feel like you're being very comforting. He was like, you know, he was, he was intentionally trying to scare me into understanding how serious my situation was. And then he actually asked me, he was like, no offense and no racism, but are you black? What? <laughs> I, was like, I felt like I spoke English when I woke up this morning, but clearly now I don't. Just from my, you know, intonation, I thought you were. There are, if you, if you want to think of women as items, and you shouldn't, but if you want to think of these human beings as items, there are more common varieties and rarer varieties. He's like, I've never seen a black American tourist or a black Western tourist in, in uh, like deep Laos, just a black Western tourist, sometimes from Europe, maybe now and then, but like over in America or whatever, he's like, I've never seen one. You're going to be my first one. He was like, it makes you expensive, like pricing an item, you become a com like a, a valuable commodity. Um, which is not ever what you want to hear <laughs> about yourself. But he was, again, trying to scare me. He was like, so <clears throat> I'm not going to call the airport or the bus first off um, and tell them that there's a young woman who's traveling more or less by herself with on more technically kind of illegal you know, standards, blah, blah, blah. Can you pretty, pretty please be nice to her till she gets to me? He was like, I just don't feel like rolling that dice. I would like for you to try to get back to the Capitol by yourself. That was an eight-hour drive, if you remember. Um 
Becky. I couldn't remember what I pretended to call her. I almost called her by her real name. It doesn't matter, but just in case. <laughs> uh, she was like, okay, well, we were supposed to fly out of Long Prabang. I will fly out of, I will change the ticket to fly out of Vientiane so that I will go back down with you. We'll, however, the process of going back down with you, I will have my ID and stuff, and hopefully that'll be a shield you a little bit. I also tried to get money. So I contacted the states people here and was like hey you know i need xyz amount of money and western union you need an id to pick it up so it was like okay well you don't have an id people back here were like i'll send it to becky well becky's off touriseming tourisming gallivanting yeah i like gallivanting she was gallivanting so she wasn't available right away mm-hmm. by the time she came back you know i'm calling from the other side of the world to america it's a wild ridiculous time change with this that and the other um by the time she had popped back up and I had gone back to the phone. I got in touch with people like, you're going to send it to this name, this blah, blah, blah. We go to their Western Union. This ain't Western Union in New York. This ain't the 24-hour Western Union. They are closed on Friday. They're closed on Friday. They're not opening again until Monday. Mm. And it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was closed on Friday. Q Porsche's first mini meltdown. I mean, literally, like in the courtyard outside, out front of the Western Union, I just like crashed to the floor like a little girl and, and cried. I was just like, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Cry, 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 whine, whine, whine. Because if I had been able to get the money, I could have just bought another ticket with, and, like in front of me. I wouldn't have had to use my ID to claim one that had been reserved online. And you just buy one and you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have any money. And so, <laughs> it was really sad. Um, and... Uh, I remember still going, sort of floating through the the night market that night because I wanted to take pictures. I was in a really conflicted headspace. It was still really pretty, and I still wanted like the memories. I just I didn't have money. I wasn't buying anything anymore. I meet a uh, redheaded Jewish guy from England whose name is now Bob, and he's like, "Yo, you look really sad on your vacation." And I tell him the whole thing, and he's like, "Oh, you know what?" I I drive people from Laos to Thailand all the time. I think it's interesting. I meet people. I find I meet their stories. Blah blah. blah. I pick up hitchhikers. I do it on purpose. I can at least drive you to Vientiane. That's the same country. Even. So I ask home homegirl if she's gonna get in the car with me and, and hitchhike, even though it's only one person. But still, we're technically hitchhiking back to the capital. Yeah, sure. Okay, fine. So that that's Friday. All of that happened on Friday. We wake up Saturday morning. We meet him out front. We get in his car. We're we're on our way. That's a fascinating travel log story. But I'm going to skip over the beautiful scenic stuff and the interesting pit stop stuff and the bathrooms, um, and can go to the next point. Um, a a a roadside police detachment, I guess. It was just a police car with 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 officers kind of hanging out in and around and on the roof of it. Um, and he, what, what, the, what Bob said later was, you know, that they were casing the cars by looking through the windshield and seeing who looked like a foreigner and easy mark and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take his word for it. They pulled us over. They pulled us over and here we go. They asked him for some papers. He gives them the papers and the dude looks at it and pulls it close and far away and goes, you know what? can't tell what that last digit is. It's 2008, by the way, this year. And he goes, it could be a six or an eight. And Bob's like, really? And he goes, you know, if it's a six, your papers are expired. And that's going to be a problem, big problem for you. It could be an eight, but you know, I just can't tell. Look, let me do you a favor. If I, t- if I decide they're expired and I take you down to the station so that we can verify your account or whatever, it's going to cost you time, money. And if they are expired, it's going to cost you like 400 of their 
monetary unit. And he's like, or you can just give me 200 and we'll call it an eight and I'll let you go. And Bob's like, no, you're not even being subtle. Like you're being a jerk. You know, that's an eight. It's, it's legit. It's valid. You're not going to play me like that. Blah, 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 blah. Grr, 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 grr. <clears throat> I'm calling your bluff. And the officer's like, okay, everybody get out of the car. <laughs> and, and, and he kind of goes, rolls back to his car and Bob was like, shit. I don't know if I'm supposed to cuss on here, but, um. He's like, you know, usually when you put your foot like that, down like that, they kind of leave, leave you alone. I didn't expect him to call a bluff. And uh, we're off to the side of the road, and there's not like, it's, it's not a drop-off, like it's not a cliff, but there's like a roll-off. It's like a ravine, sort of not a kill you kind of, kind of incline. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, when he comes back, I'll try to talk to him, like, you know, pay the whatever. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was like, dude, I will pay you back that money. Just pay him so we can go to the Capitol. I'm not, I don't need for the situation to go further past what it needs to. Uh, and he's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, he comes back. I'll try to talk to him, blah, 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 blah. And, but the officer has been antagonized. He comes like when he's always talking to him, dude's like, ah, nah, let me run that by my colleagues and see what they think. And I'm like, Jesus. And he actually, Bob looks at me and goes, look, no offense, but if this goes the wrong way, I would go that way. And he points over, out the window that's over the ravine. He was like, I would go that way before I got into the back of one of their cars. So I'm like, my melodramatic self, did you just tell me to jump off a cliff rather than get arrested? Where am I? Where is this place? How come there were no warnings on the travel sites or something, right? And I was like, um, he was essentially saying the same thing that the U.S. consulate was. He was just like, it's not a good idea to, to be completely powerless and disconnected and in your hands. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't have to jump off a cliff. That, that's nice. That's it's always a good way to, to wrap out your Saturday is not having to jump off a cliff. He comes over. He's like, 400 just for being a dick. <laughs> so Bob pays the 400 I'm going to pay him back. It's fine. We uh, ended up crashing. I don't know if he was just riled up or worked up or if he never would have taken that eight-hour run at one run. We ended up crashing somewhere in a hotel in the middle, and Becky is paying for us. Um, and then the next day on a Sunday, <clears throat> we, get to, we get back to the Capitol. He... Goes off about his business. He was a very unfortunate travel companion. He spent a good deal of his time trying to explain to me why his people were automatically chosen. And it didn't matter what he did or didn't do or believed or didn't believe because he was automatically going to go to heaven. But the rest of us are screwed. And it would be like a good shot in the dark if we ever managed to make it there. I was like, oh, boy, I'm glad that you're not my first Jewish person. You would leave a very terrible impression. I'm good, you know. I like to think I'm not a bigot anyway, but that was, that was a hard sell over eight hours of a distraught young woman when you have a captive audience. I didn't like that. Uh, so I was very happy to get away. I was like, yeah, good, God, gone. Oh, go away, go away. And here's the money, go away, go away. Um, and we go in the airport. And this whole time I've kind of been waiting for Becky to say, you know what? I'm going to stay with you. You're, 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 I'm not going to leave you here by yourself, blah, 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 blah. No access to money. It's, that's not a good thing. I'm going to stay with you. And she didn't. So when we're in the airport and like, She's about to check in and get on the plane. I finally had to look at her and go, don't leave me. I don't know why this hasn't come up, but I guess I'm just going to ask you please not to leave me. And she's like, well, you know, we've been traveling a long time and I really just want to get home. And I was like, I really just want to get home. Me too. She's like, right. But I mean, I have a cat that's, that's in the kennel at home. She did. She's a really cute white kitten. And I was like, I will pay you that whatever extra over the over fees for leaving them there too long are. It's not, it's not uh, if, it, if it comes down to that. She's like, look, it's just not my emergency. No offense. Like, I want this to go well for you, but this, this is your crisis. You, 
don't know, weren't careful enough or were unfortunate enough. I just, what would I even do? I was just, you would, you would be not leaving me alone, which makes me even more of a target. And she was like, I, can I just give you the money I have left on me and hope that it helps you get through what you need to get through? And I was kind of snarling. I was like, is that the price of your conscience? And she gave me the money that she had left, which was apparently the price of her conscience. And she disappeared. And that's it. That from there on, Porsche's by herself. Like I, that was the probably the only way that situation could have gotten worse, which was those, <clears throat> I was by myself. At least I was in the capital, but I was by myself. Um, funny addendum. I saw her a couple years later because when I got back, I didn't contact her, and she also didn't contact me. I saw her a couple years later. She listened to me tell this story from beginning to end, including all the stuff that happened after she left, which you're going to hear about, which was rather dramatic. And then at the end of it, was like, yeah, you know what? You never paid me back. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You definitely said give. I'm, and I don't even want to talk to you about it. Like, I was like, kind of can't believe that you listened to this whole thing and was like, right, by the way, where's my money? Um, she, I think, sent one more message after that and I didn't respond. And I was like, we, Japan, expat community, southern Japan, Osaka area is not that big. You can find me if you want to push this. I wouldn't, but you are welcome to. And she never did. And I never heard from her again. Okay. <laughs> She's gone. Um, I need somewhere to stay because the consulate's not open till Monday. I went back to the hotel that we'd stayed in on our way through, which we were never planning to go back to. We were flying out of Long Provence, remember? Mm -hmm. um, I go in there, hey, you remember me? You know, blah, 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 blah. Some receipts. All of my receipts were with my wallet, with my important stuff. Um, <clears throat> we paid. We're not swindlers. Or, or I'm not a swindler. She's gone. I was like, we paid the first time. I'm not a swindler. I'm not conning you. I just need a room until I can get, you know, I wanted to save the money. I'm sorry, I need to back up. I wanted to save the money that she gave me because I didn't know how much an emergency passport would buy would take. Mm -hmm. And I needed the passport to claim any more money. I was like, okay, well, to get more money, I need the passport. I said, let me, say, let me hold on to that. Uh, so I was like, I don't want to pay for this room up front. Just let me hang on to it and I'll come back and I'll, you know, I'll pay you when I get money. And she was like, yeah, you seem like a good kid. You definitely are a lot less pleasant. I mean, uh, calm and composed than last time I saw you. So something's wrong. I'll give you a room. But you have to leave me all your valuable shit as, as like, collateral. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. And so I reach in the, like, bag and take all my electronics and my, the jewelry I bought and just semi-precious stones, jade and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, all of it. And I realized she's looking at my, like, my necklace and earrings and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm taking my earrings off and uh, taking my necklace off. The necklace was especially one because it's a cartouche, you know, the... Uh, mine's a little bit different. Most people, most people have just the Egyptian hieroglyphics on one side or both sides. If you flip mine around on the other side, it has English characters going down it. Um, so you know, and I've had it forever. My mom doesn't even remember when she gave it to me. Pretty much since I was born. So it was hard to hand that one over. And she's kind of like, she's like, you know, I'm I'm not cheating you. You're gonna get it all back as soon as you pay me. While you're upset, I was I was crying. It's not all over the place. And I think I was just overwhelmed by the circumstances. But she kind of looked at me the same way the kid did. Like, you know, I'm not saying that you're not having a hard time, but compared to some of the hardships I have seen, yours doesn't seem so hard. So I'm, you know, these are beautiful, lovely, caring people, but at the same time, just a little bit detached from my emergency. They're just like, I'm going to take care of you, but I don't quite connect to the level of distress that you're displaying. Um, she did change her tone a little bit. And she was like, where's the other one? I was like, she's gone. And she was like, you're alone? I was like, yeah. And she was like, 
it's such a bad idea to be here alone. Um, and remember I said that the, uh, the consulate, when I had talked to him, said the same thing. He was like, he, he asked me first, are you alone? And I said, no, because I wasn't then. And he was like, good. It, the only thing that would make this thing worse is if you were alone. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not the first time I've heard that when she said that. And she was like, yeah, don't try not, be careful, okay? Sure, okay, no problem. I went upstairs. I cried into a teddy bear that I had for hours. I changed into a very pretty skirt because all I had on me were very pretty skirts because I had trapped for a vacation, not a prequel to Taken, right? Um, And I went downstairs and was like, hey, you've got a a strap of cash there that's all got my name on it. Can we call some of that uh, a tab for, I need to eat. Like I need to go and get dinner. So if you call someplace and open a tab under your name and pay them, then it can be part of what I pay you back. Crap. And she's like, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. I never even got to the place that she like, like the story tangented before there. I never even got there. Um, I hit the streets. I think I was distracted by the sunset and I just kind of wanted to meander down and look at the water and feel tragic for a little while. It was all very melodramatic. I had the very clear vision of myself with tears trickling gently down my face. It's not any other way but my crying. Um, uh, and then I sort of turned around and was going to go back and I went by a restaurant that had a, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty jumpy restaurant anyway, but it had a concentration of easily visible from the street. Um, Af- African youths, African descended, black people. They were black people, I didn't know what they were, and so I started talking to them. Um, so I slowed down just to see what they were eating out of curiosity. One of them, hey, what are you doing, blah, 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 blah. nice, come on over here. And, I was like, and they were like, where are your people? And I was like, I'm by myself. And they were like, you're alone? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, wow, that's brave. And I go, yeah, no, I hear that's a bad idea. And they're like, kind of, yeah. Um, so I tell them a, a it's funny because I wasn't supposed to tell anybody the story, but I, like, I did it a couple of times. I tell them a very shortened version of the story, and they're like, "Oh my god, that sucks so much! Why don't you have dinner with us?" Oh well, the lady she'd written a name down. Oh well, she told me to go to this place, and they're like, "Oh god, that that place is that's the cheapest. It's so nasty. It's terrible." So have dinner with us. And I was like, "I don't have money, and if you're trying to want me to hunt you down over the city to pay you back, and they're like." have dinner on us. Just just come and eat with us. They were really nice. It was a big group of them. Uh, it was a decent mix of men and women. Um, at the time I was 23, and the youngest of them was 20, and the oldest one was 30. Uh, I remember all of their names, too. And um, they were Nigerian-descended Englishmen, mm-hmm. English people, whatever. The 30-year-old guy, the oldest one, he lived in the area now and his family would just come over and that's where they would have vacations because it was cheap, it was easy and you had a friend with a great big house that was already there. Great. So that's what they were all doing. Um, And I had a great time with them. Interesting conversation. None of the dudes were skeevy. The the 20-year-old was a trip. I I wonder about her and I take a, a little bit of time to mention her a lot because one, she comes up later and two, I found myself measuring her against her because she spoke with uh, the most sincere mix of naivete and arrogance that now in my head is like, I wonder if that's just young people, that whole, you know how they say, teens, that sense of invincibility. And I would, I would talk to her and I would be like, is it just, does the three years between 20 and 23 make this big a difference? Or did I sound like you two weeks ago? And now the only reason I am so desperately humbled is because of what's happening. I wish I had like a different way to go back and gauge that because I was looking at her going, that's incredibly naive. That's arrogantly naive. She was never a bad person, never never a jerk. And I was like, there was so much coming out of your mouth that just like, that's not how the world works. <laughs> so, um, bless her heart. Anyway, you'll, you'll get there. Um, 
I stay with them. I have the dinner. There was a, a, a much older guy, like at least 45, 50, who was floating around them. And I was like, is he part of your group? And she was like, no, but he wants to be. He, it's fine. They'll make sure he behaves. And I'm like, who's they? Who's he? Who's this guy? Um, I make eye contact with, enough, with him enough times to realize that he is watching me. Okay. Well, let's watch from over there. Um, and then after, so, you know, dinner's done. We're talking. We're getting along. After that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to my hotel. And they're like, and do what? Just sit by yourself and stare at the wall and cry. Come with us and have a drink. Like, you know, there's a big group of us. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. Um, I made the decision to go with them to a club, a nearby club, and have a drink. Because she was right. I was going to go back to the hotel room and cry some more and probably not even be able to sleep and just be really sad. Um, it ended up being not the, the best decision. We go into the place. There, Some of them are dancing. I'm not quite up to the spirit of dancing, you understand. Some of them are talking with other people they know. The older dude, who I didn't even realize had followed us from the restaurant, makes his approach. Um, <laughs> he wasn't trying to drag me off into the, into the depths of despair. He wasn't trying to abduct me, but he was very serious in like, you're going to listen to me. You're, I'm going to hold this audience. You're going to listen to me. So me being in a position of wanting to move away from him, that put us into a fight over this body that I'm in. I'm pulling away. He's got a hold of me. He's pulling me forward. He had this really ugly ring on his hand that cut me. I had one of the few scars I actually walked out of the place with on my shoulder. I've got a cut from it. Um, he also... Because we are, he's, he's saying, you know, I would treat you like a princess. You would be my queen. Let me, I'm just trying to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, really? Did you know? And you're just like spitting in my face and crap. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like this would be a good time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for those who are not watching, I mean, not being able to watch <laughs> Portia. Uh, again, I've known Portia for some time uh, <laughs> since you were a teenager. Uh, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah, 19. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> It makes me feel old, but uh, ah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it would be a good time. How tall are you roughly, and how much do you weigh roughly? Right, right. So I am just shy. Depending on your on your chart, I'm just shy of five seven, okay. five six and a half to five seven. Um, but I've been tiny my whole life, and now I am 107 pounds. Then I wonder if I had actually consistently Correct. broken 100. I probably came in at like that stubborn 99 that I could never break. Okay. Um, so you're right. Yeah. So when I say a dude can fight me over myself and it be a real fight, I'm serious. <laughs> um, so we got to the point, the rest of them are just not paying attention. Um, we tore my, between the two of us, between me pulling away and him pulling forward, we tore my skirt. Um, at which point in time I went ahead and stepped up my aggression. Like it, and I was like, it's time for you to go away now. So I just reached behind me. There was a table behind me we had just been standing at. And there could have been anything there. It could have been a toothbrush. I would have stabbed him with it. It happened to be an empty Pepsi can. Uh, free endorsement for Pepsi. Hey, you helped save the day. Um, I picked it up. I smashed it on the side of his head. Um, I'm sure it, was, it didn't put him in a hospital or anything, but it, you know, that hurts. I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but rather than like letting go or jumping back or whatever, he pitched forward. So we fell back with, you know, his weight on top of me and I hit that table with my face. I'm making a, a di diagonal gesture as if they can see me um, with my cheekbone hitting the edge of that table on the way down. And it puffed up in a way that I found out was just the smallest of hairline fractures. So I literally just got my face broken and wouldn't know until I got back to Japan and got an x-ray. Um, on the on the lower part of the cheekbone there, and it was like all puffy and terrible for the rest of my time there. It was, didn't help anything. Uh, that though did get everybody else's everybody else's attention. Mm -hmm. 
they come running over and I'm like, well, what's going on? And he's like, I'm just nothing. I'm you know, just trying to talk to her. And I'm all, I'm not, it didn't help that I wasn't bleeding. <laughs> like, I mean, it didn't even break the skin. The broken bone is under the surface, mm-hmm. but I'm a blubbering mess and I'm getting, they've got the concept. There is blood on my shoulder. My clothes are literally torn and I'm just sitting holding my face. And they're like, yeah, we're going to beat you up now. And they did. They didn't beat him up. They didn't like, they didn't put him in the hospital either. And just like, I watch you bleed into the dirt a little bit. I feel better about my life. I am going to go home now, though. So I went back to the hotel, um, went to sleep. I wake up to a blissful, thank God it's Monday. <laughs> um, uh, my face looked a terrible, like, even, even like it swelled across my face a little bit. Um, it was discolored and everything. Um, I had woken up, this is really funny because earlier we were talking about Will Ferrell. I had woken up early enough to, like, the office wasn't open yet, but I needed something to do. I turned on their TV, the little TV they had in the room, and there was, like, one channel where everything was in English. So I watched Blades of Glory. I guess. I don't, I don't like Will Ferrell comedies. I was like, he's... Actually, I think the one definitive Will Ferrell movie that I have not seen. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like any of them. Will, Will Ferrell is <laughs> T. Rich Mercedes, an American treasure. You I, know what? I, I thoroughly dig Will Ferrell, but yeah. Here is the dichotomy of human nature. He is in one of my favorite movies ever. He is in Stranger Than Fiction. He stars in it, yeah, but he plays against type the whole movie. Like yeah. everybody complained about it. That's not what I look for in a Will Ferrell movie. Will Ferrell wasn't Will Ferrell in that movie. It's literally one of my favorite movies, like yeah. on your list of favorite movies. So if I have this weird love hate in that I super love this one thing you did, but I hate everything else. <laughs> well, not to get too far off, of, we can probably edit this out. But <laughs> I kind of feel like there are a couple movies that kind of fall into like weird love stories, <clears throat> tragic love stories. That could have been. I feel, one. Like, I feel like Stranger Than Fiction. And uh, Eternal Sunshine on the, the Spotless, Spotless Mind. Mind. Those two, and there's another one that escapes me right now, but it's like a, a trilogy. Like, 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 if you want to watch like just some offbeat, but you know what I'm saying like Stranger you know, Than Fiction ended up having a happy ending when it was all over. It did and didn't. It did. I mean, it period. did. It did. Yeah, it did. But yeah. I mean, there, there, there's still the, like, there's still like some. The parts in the middle are crushing and, and soul searing. But at the Not end, just that. But it's just the idea like it, that his life wasn't his own. Even, even when that's he creepy. got, yeah. So that, I guess that's that's true. I, I think the idea there when she put when she put the period down and she published it, they made it sound like, and he's free. Mm-hmm. I don't think she narrated his entire life from birth to then. She mm-hmm. pops up and he's already this age doing this thing in his life. Mm-hmm. Just It was that mysticism thing where you took control of somebody's existence for a while and didn't even know it. How's that for scary? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like to think of it as a happy ending. He gets the girl. Yeah. And, and eternal sunshine is... That is not a happy ending. <laughs> well, it, it could be because it's just like... Yeah, it's it's not it a perspective, but it is like, a yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get let's get back into that's like, when you did it. You started. It. Well, look, yeah, that's, that's the nature of our friendship. Okay, All right. I love you too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I watched Blades of Glory. I woke up on Monday morning. I watched Blades of Glory. I put on a different skirt that wasn't torn. It didn't have speckles of blood on it. And I went to the consulate, and he looked at me and was like, "God, we have got to get you home." Um, but that's a tricky one because. Instead of just going from Laos back to America, I'm going to Japan. So I'm an American citizen with Japanese residencies stranded in Laos. That's three countries' agencies that I was going to be involved with. He was like, "This might take a this this shouldn't take longer than a week. I have had no, a week, a week, like seven whole days. No." <laughs> and he was uh um he was like, "We'll come back to that." He had uh, makeup. We, we went to get brown makeup that we smeared over the bruises so that I can uh, take this pat- 
passport picture, the puffiness was still pretty obvious. But if you didn't Probably. know my yeah. face, like you wait, no, you, I, I honestly actually just looked like I had a chubby around her face. I came home and showed that picture around, and people were like, "Oh my god, what happened?" But at the time, it was like, "Oh, okay, you, you're just a baby round face." Um, and then afterwards. He was like, okay, so let me, he was he was like, let me, it has to go here, it has to go there, it has to go there, it's got to go here. And I was like, okay, fine, give it to me. He was like, what? I was like, what? He was like, give it to me. And he was like, why would I? I was like, because you're going to put it in the mail and it's going to end up at the bottom of somebody's to-do pile and it's going to go back in the mail and blah, 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 blah. I'll take it to multiple agencies in a day. Give it to me. And he was like, I'm not really comfortable with the idea of you running around VNTN. It's not really safe for you to be here and out and running around alone. And I was, I'm trying to rectify that as soon as possible. You have a week. I have a couple of days. Give it here. So he gives it to me against his best. Better judgment. Yeah, yeah. better judgment. And I walk out of there with it. I missed the part. So when I left out of the, the hotel Monday morning, I went outside and the same tuk-tuk driver that had serviced us, taken us from the hotel to the bus station on our way through the first time was still out there. Um, I guess I'm going to call him Tuk-Tuk. <laughs> he didn't lose hours. He's probably never going to hear this. But yeah, I'm enjoying the pseudonyms at this point. So, so took, I asked him, I was like, yo, um, can you take me to the consulate? Okay, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And I did ask him, I said, can you wait here until I'm done and take me back? Because I don't, I was intimidated by the idea of trying to hail down <laughs> somebody else and tell them where it was and blah, blah, blah. This is my first time in, in anywhere alone. Like I went from America to moving internationally, but that was still a whole support system. This was entirely different. Um, so when I came out, I mean, he was still there and I was like, okay, I have a proposition because now I can get money. I was like, I will give you a lump sum of money if you put yourself at my disposal for the rest of the day because I don't want to have to go into a building and come out and find a different person every time. I'm I'm paranoid. I went from I went from naive to paranoid super fast. I was like, I was, and he was like, I, yeah. It was one of those coin flips, right? Like on one hand, that could be more money than he makes in the day. On the other hand, he doesn't know how many rides he'll end up passing up. So he ended up going, yeah, okay, sure, fine. We run around that day. We don't run into any special problems. The funniest thing was that I went in, when I went into a place and I handed her the paperwork and she said, okay, and she put it off to the side and I sat there in the seat that faces her window and. She, we we had us a looky look and she kind of like intentionally ignored me and like gave me a pointed look as she turned her head away and ignored me and I sat there very calmly and I was okay I was okay with that um I had a book in my hand but I couldn't even concentrate on reading it so I was like whatever she goes away to a lunch to a smoke break to a something she disappears she comes back and I was still sitting there and she was like <sighs> okay <laughs> she pulls my form over and then does it and gives it to me and I was like Thank you so much. And I just like walked out. It was probably up at that point in time. It was probably one of the pushiest things I'd done. I've become an entirely different person since then. Um, um, hit a couple of more. There were like, you know, back, there was a ping pong in some places. It was like, you know, this has to get signed and then bring it back. It was very dramatic. Um, we're done. We get done for the day. We do all, we do all that we're going to do in that day. Uh, we didn't get everything, but fine. I had gotten my money from the Western Union, from the people back here. It's evening time again. I had told the lady in the hotel about, because she was like, did you like the food? And I told her about meeting those people. And she was like, oh, good. I'm so glad you're not alone. It's so much worse alone. I was like, I'm going to drop to the floor and start foaming at the mouth. You guys keep telling me that. Um, and so she was like, you definitely should hang out with them. And I'd said the same thing to the consulate. And he was like, oh, yeah, I found some people. He's like, oh, good. You know, it sounds like the group sounds safe as far as ages and gender distribution. You should definitely, like, do that. Don't be alone. So when I went out to dinner, I was intentionally kind of scanning, looking for them. Um, I found them, but I ended up sitting at a table with a different 
family, a white Englishman, a Nigerian woman, and their biracial daughter. And we were all sitting there eating. And I was like, only mildly awkward. Um, I don't care to drag Grace into it, but it was uncomfortable the way he talked to her. It was like, that could have been a colonialism thing, like as far as the British power and the minority power. It could be a, a sexism thing as far as the man to the woman, but it was not the most pleasant thing in the world. And the daughter was spoiled. She was both of their princesses. And I was like, oh God. Um, and I just want to eat my dinner and go. There is a ruckus coming down the street. And the way the the... It was set up. Um, the, <laughs> that startled me. <laughs> the way it was set up. The tables are half in and half out of the establishment. So you can choose to sit inside-ish because I mean, you're still right next to a white room. Or you can sit outside under the uncovered part. We're sitting on the tail end that's outside. So this ruckus coming down the street has definitely like immediately got our attention. And there's a... a <laughs> another foreigner I just like I feel like I'm doxing people there's this white guy at that time I was not good at telling an Australian from an English from an, a, a New Zealand accent mm-hmm. by the time I left Japan because the expat community is so small and so tight I was very good at it but in my head in my memory I don't know which one he was it's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, oh, everybody who's one of those who is listening to your podcast is going to cuss me out. Um, he's, he's, you dogs, you dogs, you fucking dogs. I paid for it. It's mine. You leave me alone, you lying fucking cheating dogs. And he's got a mob of people following behind him. And I'm like, whatever this is, I don't want, I don't want any of it. Yeah. So don't come this way. But of course he comes this way because it was just a straight line. He just walked down the street. Um and he kind of, he sort of stops in front of our, our window. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you're going to come this way, then don't stop there. Keep going this way. Like, go away. Everybody at our table got really quiet, too. Like, the little family, all three of them got quiet. We're all watching the ruckus. Um, I am telling you the story as I discovered it after the fact. At the point, at that point, I didn't know what was happening. What it turns out is that he was blastedly, blazingly drunk. He walked into the store, at which a point nobody was standing behind a counter at that moment. He took out his money, he put it on the counter, he took the liquor he wanted, and he left. All they saw was a foreigner walking into the store and a foreigner walking out of the store with merchandise. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he could have actually communicated with them if he was sober. I don't know. But in his drunkenness, he wasn't even trying. (laughs) He was just screaming at them, you lying, cheating, stealing dogs, because he knows he left his money. God, um, it was it was a clusterfuck. So in his indignation, he throws money down in the dirt, and he's like, "If you want it, you can pick it up out of the dirt with your teeth, you fucking dogs!" And this this is riling up the crowd even more. And I was like, "I so don't want to be here right now." At one point in time, he just kind of does a scan of the street, and his how do you say field of vision um, takes in our table. And you could actually, I actually watched him do a double take. Like he looked at us and then moved his head away and then snapped it right back. And you could almost see solidarity, allies go across his forehead. And I was like, no, of course he came. He started edging right over to us. And I was like, no, no, no. Um, as far as the table goes, I was the closest to him. My, if I had been facing the table, my back would have been to him. He was walking up on us from that angle. I was the closest to him. So I turned around and He's still yelling at them, but he's also now standing with us as if he's among us. Mm. And he kind of turns and he says, I forget what he said. He was something like, like, right? Or, you know, how they do? Yeah, like, you know what this is? Or some one of those types of things. Uh, for affirmation-seeking type thing. And without even thinking about it, very young Portia opens her mouth and goes, you don't have friends here, dog. 
Of course, you know, and I know that I would have used the word dog, D-A-W-G, but how ironic that that was actually the insult he happened to be using on the brown people right then. So he, he does another double take. What did you just call me? Did you call me a dog? And I actually started laughing because I was like, the irony here is so thick. You can cut it with a knife because you are utterly indignant right now. And I actually stopped about it. I was like, look, in the way that you mean, in the way that you think, no. No, I didn't. That's That's not what it was. You're one of them. Bloody fucking American. And he spits at me. (laughs) Now, I don't know if he was actually like, I am going to aim this in her face or whatever, but he's like, I'm spitting on this personage that's in front of me. And I also remember, time did one of those things in movies where you think it's movie magic, but actually time is relative and it did that in real life. It slowed down and I was like, I'm going to die and lao because that's going to land on me. I'm going to come over this chair. We're going to wreck. They're going to take us both apart and put me in jail and I'm going to die in somebody's dungeon. I'm going to die in Lao for trying my best to sink you into the Mekong. The Mekong is the name of the river that went through right the city right there. Um, it hit my chair. We all get to live today. It hit my chair. It's not like it was really hard to do. The chair had a great big back and everything and I was, that back was facing him. So, But still, it could have it gone a little bit higher and we would all be dead. He'd be dead. I'd be dead. Everybody's dead. Um, so we all live. But hey, guess what? We've made so much noise at this point that the police are here. Everybody stop. Everybody shut up. Because of course, the police are saying he stole from us. And he's saying they stole from us. So they, don't, they can't just barrel in and start taking sides. They're like, everybody stop. Everybody shut up. Everybody pull out your yeah, identifications. I, <laughs> I had ordered the emergency passport. It wasn't ready until the next day. I didn't have anything. <laughs> I didn't have an identification. I didn't have an anything. I had a, res- a piece of paper saying I got one from the, but I had a police report too from the original incident. Nobody thought that was strong enough. The police officer didn't think I was strong enough. The consulate didn't think I was strong enough. None of them thought that was strong enough. So I'm the same way. I'm like, well, if it wasn't strong enough then, a receipt for a passport isn't going to be strong enough now. I don't have this thing. So as they are working their way down and through the crowd, I can hear what they're saying because they're saying it in like three different languages. They're saying it in like Laotian, French, and broken English. And I was like, uh, no, I don't want that. So I ducked under the, remember half of the tables on the inside of the, the restaurant. I ducked under the table, crawled down, down the length of it, which put me out, outside the other end, which is inside. I'm like, back door, another exit. There isn't one. Maybe I'll just hide in the bathroom until they like, come in and go away. And let's be fair, that probably would have worked. It probably would have been just fine. I probably could have hung out. In the, I don't think they would have went into the restaurant and dragged everybody out and blah, 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 blah. But when I was in the bathroom and I could still hear the police and they were in the restaurant pop, proper. What, what turned out, I found out later, is that they'd taken everybody off the street and moved them into the restaurant so that they were off the street. And I was like, was, but in my head, I'm just like, you guys are really close. <laughs> Why are you so close to where I am right now? So I crawled up on the sink. And crawled out of the window <laughs> in the bathroom and I tore another one of my skirts and I landed in the alley and got, I don't want to know what it is on said skirt. And I trucked it through the alley back to the hotel and I was just over life. I was really exhausted from that Thursday to that Monday. I was just wrecked. I didn't know what I was going to do for the rest of the time through, but I was ready to be done right now. Every level of my sensibilities, even my social justice sensibilities has been upset. There had been a, you know, like you've heard the term lady boys. Mm-hmm. 
there had been a lady boy that had walked up to the table while we were still eating before the mob came up and they were, she was asking for money. I don't know if it's like actual transgender nice to call her a she or whatever, but I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna give that respect right. and say she was asking for money. And at this time, I'm still on borrowed cash, but I still reached into my wallet, you know, because I was I think in my head I was like I'm already living on people's charity. I feel like I should be charitable. I didn't even go for the smallest bill. Went for a one up and gave her. There was like the five. There was a ten. I don't know what the English equivalent is, but there was a bill that had a five on it. A bill that had a ten on it. I gave her the one that had a ten on it. The the family that had been sitting there. The you know white husband, uh, Nigerian mom and daughter, they had recoiled with disgust. Ew, go away. Ew, shoot. Nasty, nasty. Go away, go away. Well, I mean, okay, fine. It is a vagrant. This is a you know, transient personage coming up begging for money. I get it. You're at the table eating. I understand. Um, but it was just was made it even funnier that when the mob, when the dirty, drunk, white guy like, led the angry mob <laughs> towards your daughter, you sat there and were quiet the whole time. You didn't say a word. That's why I had to be the one to be like, you don't have friends here because they just sort of sat there and stared at him. So, um, so I'm like, on this point in time, I'm just affronted on every sensibility. I just want to go home. Tuesday morning, I wake up, I go out, I ask, um, Tuk Tuk, hey, you know, same deal as yesterday, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, yeah, okay, sure, fine. I think right at this point in time, he's actually invested in my story. Like, I want to see that you live <laughs> and get out of here. Um, and... We have mostly an uneventful day. We do a couple. I think we hit two places in the morning. Oh, well, we went to pick up my passport because I was over that shit. <laughs> I was like, and then we went to one else, someone else in the morning. I came out and he was like looking distraught. I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, you know, I, I need to go. You know, usually I'm flexible and I get to do whatever I want with my day, but I'm like, I'm dedicated to you and I really want to go see my mom. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. She's in the hospital. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. We can go see your mom. I mean, you can also just leave me, and I will definitely say this is a service well done. It's, it's about lunch, so I'll just cut it in half, and you know, I understand. And he's like, no, I mean, if you don't mind coming to the hospital with me, it won't be a long visit. You can eat lunch somewhere nearby or something. Okay, sure. Much better. I don't even fuck with I'm strangers. I'm just over it. I go with him to the hospital. I swear to God, his mom hit him because he came out looking like every little kid rubbing the back of his head after they've been cuffed by their parent for doing something silly. He, he'd gone in the hospital. He comes back out. He's rubbing his head. And he's like, my mom is mad that I left you in the tuk-tuk. Would you please come in and have lunch with us? And I was like, damn, did she bop you? I think she bopped you. He just, he had that put upon thing that grown children have when their parents parent them. <laughs> so I went in and we, I had lunch with my taxi driver and his mother sure why not okay towards the end of the lunch we've done our broken english communication and she goes you are so sweet and really smart and so pretty and i'm sort of getting the feeling that she's not talking as much to me as she is to him right now yeah, he, yeah there you there you go yeah, yeah. she's like it is so so dangerous to be in this position by yourself with no family to like help you or protect you. And I was like, oh my God. Because again, Portia's naive, so she did not make that jump you just made. I'm just sick of hearing that because it's not helping my nerves. She pats his knee. My son would be a good husband for you. My eyes, what? Rolling around in my head. She was like, and we would protect you. We could help you. And I, thank you. I think... I think I'm going to take a couple of more stabs at getting out of here before I go ahead and... <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, that's my cough. Um, before I go ahead and buy into setting up house here. <laughs> I just, I look, I'm laughing at my own face. I know I can feel the face that I made. <laughs> I was like, 
like, this poor child. I think I looked around like, okay, where's the candid camera? Ha ha ha. We got jokes. At this point in time, in my own head, it had jumped the shark. It was just too much. It was, there's no way that this is actual real life with no human guidance. Who was fucking with me? So I'm over it. Um, she was nice when I, you know, rejected her marriage proposal. I looked at him and was like, are you, are you still going to drive me around? I definitely did just like... Clown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't I clown out loud, but I definitely yeah. was, was a very politely... You like, scoffed. I didn't scoff. Uh. <laughs> yeah, thank you, but no thank you. I declined. I declined is the verb we're okay. looking for. Right. <laughs> um, and, you say potato, I say potato. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? You're wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, and he was like, yeah. He, even that he does with the kind of eye roll again of a... Of a child whose parent is parenting them like he's he probably has the idea of mom don't need help finding a wife leave me alone poor poor girl although i did leave that country with his phone number which i never called so maybe he was semi-interested um nothing else happened that day and on wednesday i was ready to go all done monday tuesday the dude had given me a week monday tuesday got everything done on wednesday i was ready to go i was so mad about the price of the plane ticket it had cost us like 700 dollars round trip through those three countries over that two-week span Mm -hmm. to go back with a 33-hour layover in thailand it wasn't even a direct flight it cost 800 dollars. so it cost me more to get home one way than it cost me to do the whole damn tour i'm just irritated with everything but okay fine I say my goodbyes. Oh, I paid off the hotel lady. Here you go. Okay, thanks. She gives my stuff back. Everything's there. There's nothing missing. She's not that I checked in front of her, but I was like, she was on the app. She, she was like that. She's like, I'm not trying to take advantage of you. I'm just trying to protect myself and my business. I understood that. I was just overwrought. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I took took takes me to the airport on Wednesday morning for me to get my plane ticket, 33 hour layover in Thailand. Um, I had looked it up the night before, but I had to buy it and go out. And it was like, and then I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm on my plane. I've left Lao. I said goodbye to everybody. They, they had tried to invite me swimming or something on Tuesday when I was still running around. I was like, ah, I really just want to concentrate on getting out of here. <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> um, and I could have done that Tuesday night, but I ended up not going. I just didn't feel like anything. I was, I was over it. Uh, but we, we traded back Facebook information with the 30 year old and the 20 year old who I'd spent most of my time with. Um, and, yeah, I'll keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, keep in touch. Yeah, I'll friend you. I don't have a computer. Yeah, yeah, I'll friend you. <clears throat> I did not friend them. They also did not friend me. It was just felt like a natural parting of, and we go off, and mm-hmm. you're off. It was a kismity type thing. It was a serendipity type thing. Serendipitous, that's actually a word. I can use it. It was a serendipitous type thing. Now it's over. Um, I get on a plane. I go to Thailand. At that point in time, I did not need a visa and I say at that point in time because our foreign relations now are all over the place. I don't know what, who needs what to go where. But at that point in time, with an American passport, you did not even need a visa to go through Thailand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got like a day pass or something from the airport um, and like checked my baggage for where it was going next anyway. <clears throat> and then just was like, I'm going to go see Bangkok. I'm in Bangkok. I didn't plan to be on Bangkok when we went to Thailand before. We were like the Nong Kai and the beaches and stuff. Uh, I was like, I didn't plan. I'm going to Bangkok. As I'm going out, dude's like, are you by yourself? I was like, yeah. Then he was like, you know, it's, it's probably not the best idea. It's, it's just, it can be pretty dangerous to be alone. And I stopped, <laughs> probably the most gangster move, move in my life. I stopped and looked him in his face and I was like, after what I just went through, I 
swear to you, I am one of the most dangerous people on the streets of Bangkok. I am going home and nothing out there is going to stop me at this point. And he was like, okay, crazy lady, go ahead. Okay. But I was like, that was literally me and up to here with being told how dangerous it was to be by myself. Like I, they all treated it as if I had made the dumb decision to do it. Like I just didn't know instead of, you know. So um, I had a great time in Bangkok. I saw all types of truly baffling things. The, the, you know, the shows where the women use their... Ping pong show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That and the shotgun. So I watched the lady fire a shotgun and I couldn't figure that out. I was like, are you using your clitoris? I don't know if you're pulling the trigger. It's, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I was like, okay, moving on. So I had food, good food. It was interesting, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think I rested, but I don't think I actually fully slept because at that point in time, I wasn't sleeping well anyway. Like from the time it happened, I was sleeping terribly poorly. You don't say. Like, huh? I said you don't say. Yeah, I was just out and anxious and insomnia. This surprises nobody. So it was nothing for me to really just kind of stay up. Um, take the trip back to Japan. We're fine. I had some problems on the on the Japan side for like bureaucracy because they're like, you know, we have to take those days out of your vacation. And I'm like, you can try. Um, they have a very strict idea of, of what taking days off of work is. And they're like, you know, even though we call them personal days, really, it's just anytime you're not at work. So even though you weren't actually on vacation, you were, you were not at work. And I was like, yeah, but they're also supposed to be voluntary. If I can't pass my passport, it doesn't matter if I want to be here or not. I was like, if I got in a car accident, you're going to call that personal day? Never mind. I don't even want to hear about it because the answer turns out to be yes. That's a whole nother podcast about interesting cultural strictures. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, look, you can take these out of my personal day pay, whatever, uh, uh, pool, well. And then at the end of the, uh, I'm just going to take four, I'm just going to disappear for four days and you can wonder where I'm at. <laughs> like, I'll just take them. You can do whatever you want in your books. But as far as in my head, I still have them. I'm going to do what I want. And there, everyone kind of looked at me. This is when I realized I had changed because they were like, she wasn't that forceful when she left. What did they do to her over there? She's so argumentative now. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and they were like, "Look, okay, we have to put them on the books because that's the rules, but we'll slide them to you under the table. You have four days." And I was like, "You're damn right." I mean, that we we, we we weren't talking about it. I was telling you what was going to happen. Um, fast forward, fast forward. Uh, I did deal, unfortunately, with some PTSD. A very weird sort of combination of it. I didn't like being by myself, but I also didn't like being in a crowd full of strangers. So I had this thing where I needed to be with somebody I knew. Mm-hmm. As often as possible. Out, if I was out of my house, then I needed to be with somebody I knew. So I had suffered that a little bit. Not a little bit. I suffered that a lot. Um, <clears throat> I definitely got a lot more paranoid about people being too close to me, bumping into me, and you know, shit like that. that. That, I think, is probably like a lesson that was just well learned. Eight months down the line, I'm sitting in a classroom in Japan. I haven't thought about this forever. I haven't thought about those people forever. I opened my... Are you still experiencing PTSD at this point, or...? Only in more on the more extreme cases, it okay. it had faded a lot. <clears throat> yes, though, only it was a very interesting setup because I had already had my next set of vacation set up. I went with a different young lady from Baltimore, a black young lady, um, to Malaysia, and we didn't have any kind of problem. But when I got back, I wasn't for it. I was like, cancel. I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I just got back. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Um, and I think it was a nice twist of the universe that it was so late. Like it was two weeks before I was supposed to leave again because uh, it was summer and that's you packed your summer vacation that they were like, yo, we can't give you full refunds for this. We can't give you any refund for that, blah, 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 blah thing. So it just forced me to go. And that was a very uncomfortable time, but nothing happened, which I think helped get me over my, I could have easily have turned into a recluse, like, I'm afraid of travel now, forever, period. But that immediately got me over that hump because I didn't have a choice. <clears throat> but still, 
that, yeah, the other thing lasted for a while. I'm in, eight months later, I'm in the room. I open the internet browser, go to Yahoo, because that's where I use my mail, fight me, I don't care about Google. Um, and the 20-year-old's face is on the front of a, of, the, of a news headline story. And I was like, I, wow, this girl has got a doppelganger, because I know somebody who looked just like her. And I looked, you know how they live a little blurb? And I'm reading it, and I'm seeing some familiar words. I'm seeing Lao. I'm seeing, you know, <clears throat> England. I um, saw a name, and I was like, not name. I saw an age, and I was like, what? So I went ahead and clicked it and opened it up. This article screwed me up all over again. Everybody had told me how much better it was for me to be with these people than to be alone. The worst is to be alone. Don't be alone. That's so dangerous. You can just be snatched walking by an alley and that's a wrap. Be with these, you know, be with somebody. And since these people have sort of semi-adopted you, be with them. It's cool. They were a heroin smuggling ring. And three days after I'd left, they got busted. So if you count that out from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, depending on how the paperwork went out, I might still have been, I, I might still have been in the country. If you, if you had gone with the <laughs> other way. If I had taken the time that the consulate had wanted me to take, mm-hmm. I might still have been in the country. And I might have been associated with them. We might have been at lunch or at the pool or whatever the moment that they got picked up. And I would have just been wrapped up and picked up with them. Those drug, drug laws are really strict over there. So there, they had been a heroin smuggling, all of the fam- familial ties and everything was true, but they, they were smuggling heroin. That's what they were doing. They got picked up three days after I left, which is why I never heard from them again. <laughs> oh, okay. The guys were all dead already. Death penalty. That's, that's what it was. All of the women were dead except for her. And the reason she wasn't dead is because she was pregnant. And apparently, and I'm, you know, somebody's going to like jump in here and be like, give me the, the way the law is properly said. I'm just paraphrasing my understanding of the law. They won't kill you if you're pregnant because the baby is considered a separate life who is not being executed. So the woman has to have it. So if a woman is, uh, <laughs> um, what'd you say? Arrested or taken to jail and they are trying to buy time, like maybe to get their to get extradited back to their country. Like, I mean, for some of them, it's like, okay, you want to die now, you want to die nine months from now. But maybe if somebody's going to bail you out, if you have a rich family, or you're going to be extradited to your country, if you have a reason to try to stall for time, what a lot of women would try to do is get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So they were bribing the guards, I couldn't think of the word, they were bribing the guards to bring them semen from God knows who, I don't want to know, so that they could inject to try to get pregnant. She was the only one who got pregnant in time. The other girls didn't, and they were already dead. So were they executed? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I assume. I, I don't. If they got taken out of their cells to somewhere else, I, I'm, I, I'm. So just, you say they got picked up. I didn't know if they, they got they were killed during the raid or no. You know. They all got picked up and they all got tried or whatever. They all got found guilty. Guilty. And he said it, that there's no like enforced due process of law. But that the way I read the article was that they were arrested, taken into custody, found to be guilty dealt with. Guys are all gone. Girls are all gone except for her. She successfully got pregnant. So now the story is actually this sob story about how her family back in England is trying to get her extradited before the baby gets here and the rest of her sentence is carried out. And at which point in time, they just put the baby on a plane and have it go back by itself. Um, <clears throat> and I, f- I, I had a heart attack. I, I literally had a panic attack eight months after the fact in Japan. I'm thousands of miles away from any sort of risk or danger, but just the close callness of it. <laughs> just it was just another close callness of it. And 
I couldn't believe it. I, I was I was just like, I, I'm either the luckiest unlucky person I know or the unluckiest lucky person I know. That's when I started saying that. I was like, I don't know what happened. Um, and I never chased that story down. I never did. I've been telling that story for years and years. And I was 23. I'm 33. I've been telling that story for years. Last year, and I'm just gonna, you're going to have to take her word for it because I don't want to know. I didn't want to know if they succeeded, if she was dead or if they succeeded in getting her back. Because <clears throat> I, I remember looking at her thinking, you with all your naivete, who thought that you just made the world work the way you wanted it to. Not through hard work, but like what you were saying before about your, your cousin. Like If I ask for it, it's mine because that's how my world works. Like, you, you're a poor thing. You were guilty of that, but you were also so innocent in a lot of, you know, spirit, spirit way. I didn't want to know if she died. I just didn't want to know. I told the story to a friend last year or the year before last. And sometime, sometime recently since I got back from Japan, back to D.C. And she had enough clues and details to hunt it down. Not that it came up at her first click, but she, she went to hunting, boy. I was like, oh, okay. Um, she's doing something like that now, like investigative social work type of get your case together time. Well, you're going to be good at that. And according to what she found, she actually lived. She lived and her, she and her baby were extradited. Cause like the story at the time of that story, she was something like seven months pregnant. So they were getting desperate to put that appeal out there. Like before she has this baby at any point in time, when she has this baby, that's a wrap. They were, they tried to get her out but apparently they successfully ran her case in time for her to get on a plane and for her to go home. I still didn't look it up. I literally just don't want to know. I guess that's maybe still a lingering PTSD, but I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I might go digging and find that she found the wrong article and then I still was whatever. But the, 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 the final say from somebody who is not me is that she lived. More, not more importantly, but the ending of this story is, hi, me, my name is Portia. She lived. I lived. <laughs> so here I am telling it to you. <laughs> and this is my story. Hey. <laughs> That is the story. That's what's up. Wow. Uh, I call it epic. (laughs) Still, like, and this is not the first time obviously I've heard the story, but it's still like like one of those like, yeah, that's that's crazy. What a difference a week makes. What a difference a day makes. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. So I I want to thank you for (laughs) taking time to share your story. Um, It's thoroughly engaging. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I appreciate uh, you telling the story and yeah I appreciate the platform to be to telling it I, I tell the story a lot and everybody's like you should write a book or you should make a movie or you should make a short movie or you should do a graphic but somebody always they always want me to make a thing out of it for it to be published and shared and this is actually the first time any move towards that has been made so there you go well, there you go first official recording of the story there you go <laughs> I would like to thank, again, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Portia Adams for taking time to share a very personal story. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it immensely. I hope you do as well. This is, again, www.flashblackradio. And I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee the Third. You know you can find us on all the popular uh, services for podcasting, be it iTunes, be it Spotify, be it SoundCloud. We're out there. So check us out. And don't forget us on our social media Flash Black Radio and Flash Black News on Twitter, Flash Black Radio on Facebook, both the group and the page, and of course the website, www.flashblackradio.com. And oh, we're on IG by the way as well. So find us. We're out there. Interact with us. Share. We appreciate it. Y'all take care until next time. Stay blessed. Stay woke. One.